in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Ragon. The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA and 93.7 FM. Third hour here with uh, my fellow bandmates. Yeah, we, we uh, you know, I got to tell you, I know all about the uh, story of Coldplay. Know a lot about it. Uh, watched every concert. Uh, I was there really when they were kind of uh, in uh, a Dodge Theater in Phoenix, Arizona before they went on the, uh, the Grammy. And I got to say, you know, the, the only thing I can think of, uh, Dowd, if, if I was ever starting a band, it would be with you. Hey. I mean, uh, seriously, you'd be the, the drummer on Chris Martin. And then we've got, uh, we, you know, I think we had our bass player in, uh, in, in Langston, oh. uh, Bowens. Yeah. Uh, and, and not because he's black or anything. You know, no. it has nothing to that. It's just, you know, you've got to have the bass player. And then, um, and then uh, we've got Rudy out there on traffic. So we've got, we've got three band na- mates. We might need a fourth. It's a phenomenal story of uh, quite possibly the greatest rock and roll band of uh, all Brits time. Or? They're Brits, okay. yeah. And, uh, I don't know much about them. They yeah, were, I know they're huge, though. I mean, are they still together? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, that band will never break up. And he's um, married to some starlet? No, he was. Gwyneth Paltrow, okay, but, okay. you know, she's got the RBF bad, and she is a piece of work. Yeah. So when you're a good guy... And he really is. The guy is a really good guy, um, uh, all in all, and musical uh, beyond Wasn't belief. Was he on Curb Your Enthusiasm one time? Uh, I think he was, yeah. yeah. I did Quick see, appearance. Yeah. I did see that episode, you know, the restaurant, and Larry walks out. My favorite one is uh, season five, or season, was it season 10, episode five, uh, Freddie Funkhauser. Oh, yeah, the Funkhausers, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, that was the funniest episode, I think, of all of them. And then the mink stole and uh, uh, oh, yes. Clive Owen. And yeah. there's just Although the, the MAGA hat where nobody will, nobody will bother him as long as he has the MAGA hat on. It was, it was, you know, if you, if you want, don't want to be bothered in Southern California, take that MAGA hat with you everywhere. <laughs> good stuff. It really is. All right, we've got a lot of news to cover, so we'll do it all here this hour. Uh, a couple of breaks. Uh, you can look at all of the... Uh, Advertisers who advertise here on the radio station by going to logs.rockoftalk.com. Um, for enemies of us, you can pick up all of them and try to tell them that you don't want them to advertise on my radio station anymore. I can't wait to hear what they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing it for years. Uh, what are they talking about over there? So are they still talking about blue spruce trees? <laughs> We're checking, checking in. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's the, it's the other guy who... Uh, who uh, listens to my podcast, I have to be careful about how much I podcast mm-hmm. because we'll play it the next day and it gets relayed on other stuff and he passes off the information if it's his own. You know, and that's the, the school team. You know, I, I, ha- I can't understand, and, and the irony is not lost on you, of course, uh, Dowd. We live in a very competitive environment. It's a zero-sum game because you're on the radio. For every listener I have, they lose one. or Only uh, so or many ears, only so many eyeballs. So, and I don't generally like zero-sum games. I really like the, the pie to grow bigger. Yeah, yeah But uh, uh, given uh, the uh, vehement uh, pursuit by uh, vehement pursuit by various uh, peoples who are in radio right now and their uh, a great amplification of how conservative uh, they are, I've been doing this for 10 years, you know, uh, and I paid my dues and... You know, uh, in terms of totem poles and uh, various other things, it's just uh, very irritating to me. But the irony is not lost on you when it comes to public school teachers who try to do public, to, who to, to do radio and conservative radio at that. Uh, just curious, uh, for the 30-plus years you've been in radio and writing, uh, just how does that strike you in terms of <laughs> being a, a conservative? Yeah, uh, 
You know, I'm not just, one, uh, but two. What did, what did you say? Uh, open-ended questions are always good. <laughs> you know, just start to throw it out there and yeah. let let listeners come, reach uh, their own conclusions. You doubt, see? <laughs> but in, uh, as much as uh, you'd love to have doubt in, uh, in your band, uh, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so we'll just uh, let you know that we'll take good care of doubt here. I do know that Popeye's chicken is one way to appease you now. Yes. So, yes. Yes. In fact, I had never had it until Ali Ali brought it in. Oh, and, I don't uh, know. We 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 didn't. That's nah, too complicated, but we we were we worked in close proximity to each other. Oh, okay. Allie's a great gal, and and uh, she's she's a tough girl. But you know, there's a lot of tough women who are just angry women. She's tough, but she's sort of like down to earth and approachable and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. There, where I come from in the Northeast, that's the tough women are. She's angry women. <laughs> she's assertive and uh, coachable, and uh, has a yeah. pretty nice uh, and she's very competent and just smart. She's yeah. she's been through a lot of things in her life and worked in different environments. I I hate to say it, but the older I get, I just like sort of more hanging out with people my own age. It's 20-year-olds who think they know how to re- re- reprogram society. I'm really not interested in their thoughts on anything. I'm interested yeah. in dealing with people who maybe have a little life experience. I went to get my political science degree so I could become an activist. <laughs> That's right. You idiot. Bernie bro. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's talk about all the politics. And let's throw into one uh, goulash of uh, information. As you know, we're on the hunt for a new police chief here in the city of Albuquerque. Uh, I will have uh, Mike Geyer here, former chief of uh, police. He'll be here on Friday. Oh, good. Looking forward to that. Uh, that'll be our 5 o'clock hour. Greg Zanetti, our 6 o'clock hour on Friday. So stay tuned for that. We'll have a number of interviews to kick off the show. We'll I haven't do those seen the general live. in a long time. Adelia uh, Stith reached out. Uh, sir, I will reach back out to you, and I know you wanted to get on the radio, so we'll talk about that. And and uh, we had a number of interviews last week of, of very competent uh, candidates, and we got to get the word out on uh, some of these guys. And, uh, yeah, uh, anybody who's on the radio is paid for um, we have to get Josh Sanchez uh, in here as well. Mm, yeah, That's uh, also fun. very important. Yeah. But I'm in Santa Fe, and this is quite curious. A counselor wants to have closed police reform meetings. Yeah. This is so bad in every way, shape, and form. I, the level of corruption oh. n- should never escape you folks. Yeah, yeah. Santa Fe is so terrible. It's just a <laughs> bad. It's a bad place. It really is. Now, reimagine the Capital City Police Force, another emergency service. Yeah, reimagine. Where does that reimagine come? That's national, right? Yep, Isn't yep, that yep, what uh, yep. Kamala was saying? Or, marching I orders. bet we're going to hear that tomorrow. So, so they want the police to be more transparent, but their health and safety task force, which is going to reorder and reimagine the police, is not going to be transparent. Okay, <laughs> okay. Okay. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, uh, you pay this is not the from. Onion. This is not the Babylon Bee. This is an actual article in the Albuquerque Journal. It, or as uh, Dowd calls it, fantasy. Because yes. uh, it is a fantasy. You know, uh, Melanie Majors, Executive Director for the New Mexico Foundation for Open Governors, said that the, while the task force is not required to adhere to OMA, the meeting should be public six public funds are at stake. Yes. My gosh. How is it that we're even having a conversation about this? Absolutely ridiculous. Well, uh, back here in your own city of Albuquerque, and uh, I got to say, the war on small business, oh. even the very small businesses, smallest businesses of all. For those of you trying to do the uh, uh, VRBOs or the Airbnbs, and I got to tell you, I think it's just a. And they're about. Have they gone public yet? Where's the, uh, the uh, Airbnb? Airbnb is supposed to have like a three billion dollar offering. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, but 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 in this in this <clears throat> COVID lockdown world, maybe they're holding off. I think they have uh, held off, but I believe that they're supposed to. I wish we had Zanetti here so we could go ahead and uh, tell us all that. But last night, uh, just like every other leftist city in the entire world, uh, Santa Fe did it, and they ruined their Airbnb. Have you looked at the Airbnbs in Santa Fe? Oh. Try to look for an Airbnb and look at the housekeeping fee. The housekeeping fee is like this uh, sunk cost that goes in. You're like, oh, this is a pretty good price. They're like, whoa, well, there's an $85 housekeeping fee. <laughs> like, no. 
I'm not going to do that. And uh, it's unfortunately these Airbnb and VRBO properties that are out there are now going to require, just like here, to be regulated. That means your home, yep. if you wanted to rent a bedroom, you are inviting the government into your home now. And the city council decided to go ahead and pass this. The permits will allow the city to keep track of each property and create occupancy limit. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're going to create an occupancy limit for my own damn yeah, house? Yeah. If I want to rent a room to somebody, this is uh, – uh, Corrales will not be subject to this. No. Corrales is going to be the only place where you can get a decent Airbnb. And that's a mixed blessing. Uh, what drives me crazy – Residents and community members will, who live near these properties will have the opportunity to file former formal complaints. That's going to be NIMBY, Rat Squad, Run Amok. This is, some days I hate Albuquerque. And <clears throat> today would be one of those days based upon what the city council did. This is ridiculous. Uh, I, doubted, I, I doubt that Brooke Basson went along with this. You know I love her. I think she's great. You're, you're a fan of? Did, did you know oh, she's a Brooke? mom? I I I raised I'm a, bu- a mom. I raised a bunch of money for her. <laughs> I got her helped get her elected. I'm uh, I'm all about Brooke Basson. Uh you know Don Harris, uh he's been my attorney. Um, oh really? Yeah, in all uh, full disclosure uh here. And then uh what is the other one? Trudy? Oh, Trudy Jones. Yeah, I doubt Trudy, Don and uh have to ask them if they actually voted for this, but the city will allow a six-month cushion period to get everyone up to speed. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're all excited about this new law that you passed because we want to get up to speed, yeah. and we want to be legal. Yeah. This yeah. is ridiculous. Obviously, I think uh, all of these uh, people, with the exception of Brooke Bazan, have never used an Airbnb. Uh, I would say two. I would say Don's probably used one, and Brooke's probably used one. The rest of these people have never done so. They don't even know because I, I, I could tell you. If I had an Airbnb and I had to vet Pat Davis's Facebook to let him know he was going to stay over, yeah, he would never get it. He would yeah. never get it. I would have it. A, a, take a pass on Pat. Yeah, a, a hard, a hard pass <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, Access denied. <laughs> and by the way, you can find all these uh, great news stories directly at our website, newsabq.com. Uh, soon to be the app, and uh, well, I mean, hey, all the news that's fit to print. Uh, I don't have to since I'm not printing a newspaper either. Right? I mean, I'm sort of in that sphere now. Yeah. Let me just be able to amplify that. Uh, I guarantee you the people at KIVA work harder on our our coverage than, than the average journalist in, in New Mexico does. And, and we love it. We <laughs> we love it, and we, uh, we're real-time, baby. Uh, FBI agent, federal prosecutor assigned to monitor the election. Now, if you have to have an FBI agent involved in the monitoring of the election, there's already a problem. Yeah. Okay? And, and, and I don't know about you. I've known a few agents in my life. I do not trust the FBI. And they're strange people. Have you noticed how strange the FBI is? Mm-hmm, have, you, have, mm-hmm, you, have, you, have you known a few agents? I've run across a few. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've run across a few of these guys. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> God, figure out a way to get yourself away from me. Now, the federal law enforcement authorities are stepping up their vigilance for any possible civil rights violations related to the November 3rd election. Uh, can they just focus on making sure that our president is protected? I'd be good with that at this point. Yeah. How about targeting ballot harvesting, which we know for a fact will happen. It's only a question of how much to a degree it will happen. Oy. Yeah. So some real uh, interesting stuff coming down. But I will say that the FBI under, you know, of course, that's part of the Department of Justice with Bob Barr. Flaws and all. I would rather have the FBI under Bob Barr ensuring the integrity of an election than the ACLU and common cause in the state, because I think we know what they're all about, too. Um, Yeah. I had to pick. Back to Santa Fe, and let's look at that. Uh, You know, the NIMBY crowd, remember, they're the ones that don't like the federal authorities. They don't like the police. We defund the police and all this kind of stuff. Oh, you know what they're doing? You know how bad it is in Santa Fe? 
Neighbors of Santa Fe shelter demanding more police. The NIMBY crowd is, I don't know how this leaked out. Santa Fe, New Mexican isn't doing itself any favors with the Democrats these days. (laughs) That paper's going to go down. But they got some bad dudes uh, listening to some rude tunes out there on the street. And it's pretty funny to look at this, but this is an interesting article. The interface shelter at Pete's Place is dealing with drugs, trespassing, stealing, littering, and acting menacing. This is part of your problem. This is it. You invited it in, and you enabled it, and you wanted to defund the police, and now they're saying, well, it's a little bit too much. What else did you learn, Doug? Yeah, uh, counselors that have delayed taking action, uh, Santa Fe uh, City Council, not county, uh, was discussing renewing the shelter's lease for four years. They delayed taking action because it wants the uh, state, uh, the counselors want the state to first conduct, what do, you, what do you think, safety inspections on the building at Cerritos and Harrison Road. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite quote in here is neighbors and city leaders said, uh, police are often slow to respond to calls about crimes or don't come at all. <laughs> yeah. This is your, this is, what, what do you think is happening in New York City, in oh, Chicago? Oh, How about breaks Fr- your heart. San Francisco or Los Angeles. Yep. I mean, that's what you got, folks. Uh, now, they, the city recently approved of spending $172,000 on lighting and sidewalk improvements. But, you <laughs> hey, know, we can see the criminals we, better. It, no, they're, you know, they're not going to go anywhere. Illuminated public defecation. That's what we'll have. Thanks so much. I mean, listen. And why, these, and why not, since you decided to go ahead and decriminalize uh, anything less than $1,000 in the state as far as crime, they're going to do what they want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one neighbor said that they were not notified 10 years ago that a homeless shelter was being planned at the site and now have no choice about how long it will remain there. So, again, you know, people suffering, these are people with schizophrenia and substance abuse problems. And I, Dr. Drew, who is my new, I've I become such a fan of Dr. Drew Pinsky because I think he's actually going to run for office in California. He's been, he's been testifying even and dealing with the Trump administration on homelessness, mental illness, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he says uh, we should not be calling these people homeless anymore. We should be calling them people with severe, you know, mental mental problems that, 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 who need help uh, and stop throwing her. Uh, what, what did they say at the, the unhomed they're calling them now? The unhomed, uh, undomiciled. You know, they're trying to invent all these words for people who are obviously in tremendous distress and they need some tough love and uh, giving out more freebies is not how we're going to solve this problem, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it doesn't mean you're callous. It doesn't mean you care about these folks, but uh, it means that... Uh, some of us uh, are looking at root causes, and we're not saying handing out sandwiches uh, and, and blankets is the key. Uh, you have to solve this. Eddie, I will recommend a book to you. You recommend books and movies to me all the time. I will recommend a book to you, The Tragedy of American Compassion by Marvin Olasky. And it is, he walks you through the history of American relief societies. And what's so interesting about that book is it talks about how there were religions and, and ethnic groups that really catered to their people. So you'd have the Catholic societies helping the Catholics and the Jewish folks helping the Jews who were you know, coming in from, from Russia, and, you know, desperately poor, yep. uh, Irish people, Italian people, you know, Russians, all these things. And so what he tracks is how they took people who were in need at the time and they did not treat them as an open hand or an open mouth. They said, you are a spiritual being you're going to get lectures on spirituality, you're going to read the Bible, hmm. and we're going to, you know, in response to the relief we're going to give you, you're going to work. You're going to sweep the hallway. You're going to go back behind the relief house and chop wood. It, 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 they demanded, they recognized that these people that were more than just a basic need, that they, that they had mental and emotional and spiritual needs as well, and these were overwhelmingly successful efforts, and, and the, the author, Marvin Olasky, went, dressed up as a homeless person, and he went around to homeless shelters, and he asked them for a Bible, and he said time and time again, 
they would look at him and say, "What? I'm sorry, you want a bagel? You want to? You, I mean, they had no. There was no spirituality involved in terms of healing the person's soul. And he and he would offer. I believe I think more than once he would offer to do little jobs and tasks. And they would say, "Oh no, 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 no! Just take it easy. We know we know life is tough. Uh, we're going to give you the food. We're going to give you clothing, blankets, whatever." And they are killing people with their compassion. And we need to look about look at this problem in a much more fundamental way uh, and I think uh, well I don't think that's going to begin in Santa Fe but maybe it'll begin elsewhere in our country no and uh, I, I one of the things that are, you know when you have those uh, that those strange weird white people yes. uh, from other places the silver hair ponytail crowd they love projects oh yeah uh, so they love uh, adopting strange people yep and uh, using them for the purpose. I noticed that there's a, a mentality of enslavement. So he's like, oh, that guy's kind of down hard as luck. He can hang out in the back and he can do all this work. Right. right. You know, or he can do all these things for me. Like, that's not that's not a hand up. You're literally using this. And you're living this every... And you're using this, uh, th- 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 these guys as uh, for your project manager. You as a parent are living this every day because you know if you get too indul- indulgent... I had 11 years helping to care for the nephew. If you get too indulgent and don't lay down the law and don't expect more from your children, they will fall into that vat of satisfaction and laziness and they'll become, you know, monsters. This happens yeah. with a lot of pampered wealthy kids and I I I would feel terrible if I were a wealthy parent because I'd be I'd be living in terror that these kids are going to become, you know, Paris Hilton instead of actually producing something from their life. Um so you you know that every day, Mr. Aragon, and I've seen those boys and they are very <laughs> Well-behaved, polite young I've never, men. <laughs> I've never spanked them, so uh, they're, well. But they know that man. they know when Daddy's laying down the law. Yeah. I, I've seen I've seen it happen. <laughs> so, uh, it's shift, shifting gears here, and uh, speaking about uh, children, whooping cough. Yes, yes. Uh, we got the uh, as you posted last night on your Facebook tridemic. The tridemic, yes. Yeah, so we've got uh, the whooping cough, the flu, and the corona. Uh, we <laughs> the should, trifecta. <laughs> I am not leaving my studio for the next year and a half until all this stuff officially goes away, and I know that I can trust my government officials to tell me when it's officially gone away, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> they've done such a bang-up job on so many other fronts. Um, this is this is journalism at its worst. This is KOB. They went out and talked to one doctor, this Karen, Dr. Karen, no, Dr. Melissa Mason. Masson. Journey, oh, Masson, yeah. with Journey Pediatrics. Now, by the way, that's a private pediatric clinic. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's not something that is affiliated with the University of New Mexico Healthcare Center. I was oh. very interested um, after reading this article and looking at it, why they didn't reference, uh, I think, um, a more institutional grade uh, type of place. Yes, uh, excellent point. Sense? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It, I think what it did is just it, it, it fueled the fire. And I mean, it's a free plug for you know Dr. Masson. It's like, oh, oh, I, I, I was there with your journey pediatrics yes, in yes, Northeast yes. Albuquerque, and uh, she's very concerned. You know, yeah, and and I understand it because you know doctors have to make money, and it's very hard for especially in private practice. Uh, you got to say uh, hanging on a shingle if you're your own doctor to mm-hmm. do that next to impossible. So for her doing this. Uh, you got to take all of the the publicity you can get, but yep. really, are we really worried about whooping cough? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just one physician. I mean, they're all trained, and we had two physicians in the Kiva yesterday, and it was wonderful to talk to them. And I don't insult doctors, but the fact that she's concerned, but she hasn't proffered any evidence that there's some sort of impending whooping cough. It's just a seasonal it, thing. Yeah, you know, so here. You want to come get your whooping cough? Here I am, and uh, here's all the information. And but the the, the placement, and then. The key word in all of this, which KOB was hoping that you would pay attention to, is the word droplets. 
Yeah. Did you notice that? What 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 protects us from droplets? Oh man. Oh man. Additional reasons to mask up, and <laughs> we got to worry about those kids in school, and the whooping cough is out there. Yep. yep. It's creeping up on us. Uh, and this is again, this is journalism. In, in the Kiva, we give you facts. We, there's not about it's not about exploitation and scaring. What what does Marge Simpson read? Fretful Mother magazine. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much of the media is geared toward this, and it's just oh, this is the latest crisis. Um, folks, come on, you can do better than this, please. Uh, so speaking of uh, those health orders that are coming out, there's a rally held in Cloudcroft to protest those uh, public orders. Signs reading Hitler required compliance too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the concerned citizens of New Mexico, Jesse James Gomez. You, you got to say that that's a pretty cool name, Jesse that's James wonderful. Gomez, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all outlaws for fighting the governor, I guess. You know, yeah, JJ Go, but uh, uh, there was a little bit of a protest, and yeah. in Otero County, there continues to be a war on Republicans coming directly from Santa Fe. Mm. So I got to say, I'm not exactly surprised, and. We know in Cloudcroft and Ruidoso and uh, that part of the state in that area, uh, when you're looking at that, like these people uh, that, that are out there, they're red, white, and blue. They're not looking for the hammer and sickle at all. No, and the, my, my favorite quote from this article, Mr. Gomez, I want to say one thing. The most dangerous virus on New Mexico is not the coronavirus. It is the governor. She has done more damage to the economy, to children's health, to lives more than any virus ever could, and I demand that she resign immediately. Well, it's <laughs> no ambiguity. This is your time to impeach MLG. Yep. Uh, you have that big hefty envelope uh, to your oh, left. I do. Yeah, it's, a beautiful uh, yeah, lady in Sandia Park. Decided to do you know who in. this is? I won't say, but, but um, yes, I, do. I think this is not our first envelope from this person. I no, think. that's yeah. a third. Yeah, yeah. yeah she... Um, uh, she is hitting it uh, out of the park. Knock, knocking doors. Um, uh, and, of course, we got our usual six or seven from Albuquerque, but also Clovis, Portalis, and Cedar Crest today. Yeah, get the word out, impeachmlg.com. Back to uh, voter fraud. Um, this was an article posted, uh, posted on Breitbart, and uh, I know you, what you guys think, and you, know, you understand uh, Breitbart, but we love Breitbart. And I will tell you that... Uh, James O'Keefe and his Project Veritas have stirred the pot with a new video report exactly on voter fraud. This is something that you must pay attention to. Every time Project Veritas puts something out, Tucker Carlson will, will inevitably get a hold of it, and it'll be a 10-minute segment, and they'll, uh, they'll pack it in. But you really got to take the time, whether it's the abortion stuff or the other fraudsters uh, that, that are out, this one on voter fraud, you need to watch this stuff. And uh, tell us what's notable about this, Dowd. Well, I mean, Pinkerton, who's a really interesting writer, I met him many years ago in D.C., is... James O'Keefe uncovered fraud, and we think, well, this if you just saw the headline, you say, oh, they're targeting Republicans. No, what the fraud they uncovered was in the Democratic primary. Okay, this is Ilhan Omar, one of the most loathsome human beings alive, uh, came to our country as a refugee and then now says that we're you know, racist to the core. Uh, there was a primary where she was running. Uh, she's a current member of the U.S. House uh, from the greater Minneapolis area. Uh, the House seat, uh, again, uh, held by Representative uh, Omar. Uh, in the just-completed primary, she defeated her challenger by 19 points, um, and it was those votes that were the topic of Mr. O'Keefe's expose. And I think the interesting point here is how deep voter fraud runs. It's not necessarily geared toward Donald Trump, although I think a lot of it will be directed at Donald, Donald Trump, is that the entire system uh, is uh, quite, uh, uh, it can be abused even at the primary level within individual parties and not on, 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 the, on the general election day. And uh, the founders, according to Mr. Pinkerton, were fully familiar with vote fraud and electoral distortion which, after all, is as old as democracy itself, and the Electoral College was a major way that they wanted to I remember, deal the with crime it. is never in them committing the voter fraud. The crime in them, for that, from their standpoint, as Brett Coconitis would probably point out, is in them not winning. 
Hmm. They think when a Democrat loses, as you've heard them uh, whine and bitch and moan for the last four years about Donald Trump, the crime to them is, how did the Democrats not win? How did we not win? Why did we lose? That's the real crime. So whatever law they need to break and however they need to cheat to go ahead and make whatever happen happen, as you saw with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, they will make do. So understand that this is something that they are uh, absolutely, the, the audacity that they uh, exhibit um, uh, throughout history, recent history uh, in various elections uh, here in New Mexico and throughout the country, I think is 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 evident. So we certainly hope to see uh, the Project Veritas uh, stuff there. And you mentioned earlier uh, pro- uh, ballot harvesting. That's mm. certainly something that happened in CD2. Let's talk for a moment about Michigan. A nice write-up in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer has her powers paired by the state's high court. Uh, I believe there's two other states, yeah. Pennsylvania and New Jersey uh, as well. I asked you to look into this and maybe a little bit uh, more in depth. And uh, is there any saving New Mexico from this? I know we have a uh, uh, soon-to-be five-member Democrat uh, Supreme Court, and I think it's going to be loosely interpreted to benefit, as we've already seen several cases that have already worked. Uh, One posed by the New Mexico Restaurant Association will continue to work uh, on behalf of uh, the governor and not the citizens of the state of New Mexico, Doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think what what we said since the start, I don't think anything's changed, is if we're going to get relief from the, the governor's insanity, it's going to have to come through the federal courts because the state courts are just, let's just say, you know, it's one party rule, it's one ideology rule here. It's all a big club, and I'm not in it, and <laughs> neither are you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the good news is this is the latest of some very significant decisions. Now, going back as far as uh, several months ago, Wisconsin their state Supreme Court said, hey, Governor, you don't have the legislative authority uh, to, do, to do this. Uh, you never went back to the legislature. So they threw out the public orders completely. And Wisconsin, so basically now there's a patchwork system in Wisconsin where local governments basically do their own imposition of all the various public health orders. And Wisconsin has one of the lowest death rates for coronavirus in the country. So yes. basically the worst thing that could possibly happen if your MLG happened in Wisconsin and they are substantially safer uh, than we are uh, in New Mexico. Uh, Pennsylvania, of course, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. This was a federal decision uh, where a federal uh, judge in the, I think the Western District of the state said under First Amendment, 14th Amendment, uh, all your restrictions on gatherings, on de- leaving it up to the governor to determine what is, quote, a life-sustaining yep. business, close quote, and yep. what is not. The stay-at-home order, these all violate... Essential versus not essential, essentially, if we were here. Exactly, yeah, depending on state, the terminology ranges around. So First Amendment, 14th Amendment problems. In Michigan, what happened was uh, the state Supreme Court uh, basically said, uh, you cannot, uh, uh, Governor, you have no authority to do this. Uh, and, of course, Michigan's been, been badly hit by this, but she didn't go back to her legislature. And this is the flaw in New Mexico. In our law... For the Public Health Emergency Act, there's nothing in there that says your governor, he, she, Republican, Democrat, vegetarian, libertarian, has no compulsion under that law to go back and get this approved by the legislature every 15 days, every 30 days, every whatever day. So Michigan, the Supreme Court said, hey, you know, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, you're just been acting like a dictator and uh, we're going to basically toss this out. So now the question is, will the governor knuckle under and do what her state Supreme Court is saying? She's very difficult uh she's in love with her own power kind of sounds a little bit she's like in love a, with herself there's no she's doubt. in love with herself there's sounds a, a little bit like a governor down in the american southwest too so yeah. the, you know the good news is we're we're winning this war you know a lot of people when the first week or the first month said oh well so i'll overturn all this the legal gears in our country grind very slowly but we're starting to get these substantially these victorious decisions for people who think the way most of us do, which is these governors are completely out of control. And whether it's under federal law or if it's a violation of the state constitution, 
you know, the news is very good. We're there still is, waiting there, for relief here. The governor will never <laughs> uh, violate the state constitution as long as those four Supreme Court members are all Democrats. Right. We're going to so have to do it at the federal level. Yeah, so yeah. there is a zero. Yeah, and that's back to your original premise. Uh, yep. The attorney general of Michigan is deciding not to, yeah. Oh, yeah. in any way, shape, or form, agree with her. Um, and, in fact, uh, the four to three setup for the Supreme Court that's up in Michigan, as well as the uh, ever-growing number of people who are bucking her, puts uh, Donald Trump or puts Michigan in play for Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think this, the timing of this is very good. So he should feel pretty good about those 18 electoral votes uh, in Michigan. While we're at it, do you mind picking up on those uh, Trafalgar Yeah, I, I did it earlier in the show, and I got the, the four most recent Trafalgar polls, and we're going to do it by uh, order of Trump's strength. We're going to start off in Ohio. Trump is up by four. And I think, you know, I think the political pundits, for the most part, have agreed that he's going to take Ohio again, as he did four years ago. Michigan, Trump up by one. Now, we, we have heard from other polls how terrible he's doing in Michigan. Trafalgar, again, you know, the, the poll we're relying on, Trump is up by one point. Uh, Pennsylvania, which we've, we've heard recently, I don't know how many articles have been written about, oh, God, Biden run away, he's up by 15. By um, strength. Biden yeah. is only up by two in the Trafalgar poll uh, in Pennsylvania. Okay. And, you know, Wisconsin very much in play, uh, Biden up by three. So, folks, don't buy into that CNN narrative. This election is very much a live one. Now, Wisconsin's moving in the wrong direction. Minnesota, what does that look like? Is it in play? And do you have anything on Arizona? I uh, have not. Uh, not recently. Not, okay. Nothing recent. But we'll believe me, we'll, we'll have it in the weeks to come. Those numbers. And, of course, you've got North Carolina and uh, the $100 million that's been thrown at uh, Donald Trump uh, for the great state of uh, Florida. 550-5500. Should I get to a bunch of text messages uh, that are here? I can take this all the way to the uh, top of the hour. Out of here from um, listeners. Let's see. Janice, uh, John, Janice Arnold Jones says, same-day registration requires ID, otherwise provisional ballot until ID presented. Janice, uh, you're such... She she's one of my favorite people. I got to yeah. tell you right now. She, in fact, I was looking that up earlier in the show, and Maggie Toulouse Oliver's website does not mention that you need ID. It's just like a little oh, come in and make your same day. Yeah, we'll we'll let it pass. Yeah. Uh, I got a Pink Floyd uh, text, uh, best ever. Oh yeah, uh, Hugh Hugh, thank you. Uh, Doug says, uh, yeah, this is a real thing. Um, dry humping saves lives. Here it is. There it is. This is bad. Oh wow, people really. Uh, Tessa, go Eddie. You guys are laughing out loud about that. It's just, it's, just, it's gross. I mean, I'm, if she's going to be a gross person and starting attacking nothing but Trumpers, I'm going to be gross right back to her. I'm literally sick of Tessa Mentis. And the disappointing part is, I actually liked her when she first started circulating the TNT that she got with uh, Tom and uh, Tom and Tessa. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think uh, you know the setup that she has there with uh, Solis, I think, has got increasingly liberal, and it, and it's, it's really worn on that station. It's unfortunate. Well, I mean, to liken, you know. People who are interested in pursuing the truth about Epstein here locally, but also you know internationally, to crazy conspiracy. Exactly. I mean, this is the subject of multiple. A woman is being prosecuted by the federal government right now for partnering with Epstein. This is a subject of multiple lawsuits by victims uh, who are looking to get you know compensation they deserve. Uh, the New York Times covers this story. There's nothing conspiratory crazy about this. This is all very real. Uh, Sidney Powell, General Flynn's attorney, has retweeted President Trump's tweet announcing New Mexico's start of early voting. New Mexico matters. Thank you for uh, texting that in, uh, and it does, and I love that. Uh, Dina Vargas wants to be the lead singer in our group. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll bring her in. Uh, Dinah's a great person. We uh, certainly like her. Uh, Dow does kind of have that Mickey Dolan's, the monkey's drummer, look with the hair of his. Hey, there you oh, go. That's funny. Okay. Uh, Mickey died, uh, what, oh. 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, yeah. You pull that up. I always get him confused with the Davy Jones. Davy Jones. I mean, that's just one of those songs where you totally alter your voice just so you can, you know, rhyme with the monkeys. Uh, Doubt is about. Oh no, no, we're gonna do. Uh-oh. Be nice. Be nice. Uh, imagine is a DNC talking point for defunding the popo. Yes, 
Mickey Dolenz is very much alive. Oh, is he, he was really? born in 1945. He's the one that's, open. He's the one that's alive. Okay. Yeah. I always kind of saw myself as a Peter Tork more than a Mickey Dolenz. Airbnb plans to IPO in December and will seek to raise about $3 billion, according to markets.business. Insider, thank you, Van. Van's uh, out tweeting us. I appreciate you very much, Dan. Uh, photos are from Santa Fe this afternoon. This is Brett Sinning. Didn't do a great job at capturing the line, but the video is great. Yeah, and the six feet of distancing and the ridiculousness. I can't imagine what, like, what kind of situation. Is there even enough commercial real estate space to take uh, same-day voting, you yep. know, and the six feet distancing? Could that be, you know, when you when you think about this, you know, tacitly and, and in a way that you're – you're kind of approaching, you know, walking up and sitting in. Like, where are you going to have to stand? Where are the ropes? How long? You, like, how how many people is it going to trouble? You go yep. back to Rio Rancho. Was that four, six, eight years ago? Remember when they oh, had those? Yes. Ones? And yes. the line was, and people were just like, "I'm not going to vote. I got to get home. I got to work tomorrow." Right? And that, and that that has to be part of the part of the issue, Doug. Uh, absolutely. Or the hope, I should say, part of the strategy coming from the Democrats. Can I can I ask you what your uh, voting strategy will be today? I mean, I mean this. This election? Will you be going oh, yeah, early, I'm absentee? I'm always first one, okay. like my dad. I just do what my dad does. Okay. So my, day, day of? Yeah, day okay. of. I'm the first guy there. Right. Yeah, my dad has always been the first guy, and then he couldn't find his polling place, and, you know, I just kind of follow it. I kind of do – I follow whatever he does for the most part in everything, and I know he's listening. Your dad's so. a smart guy, right? Well, he's a smart guy, and well, that's why we have dads, because we got to have people to follow. <laughs> um, although I didn't follow him into construction. Um, I don't know, fortunately, unfortunately. Uh, look at the book Toxic Charity. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, game over, Ben Ray. Oh, if we can only hope. I found out today I was doing some research that uh-huh. uh, our friend Eddie Gilbert was a donor to Ben Ray back, back in the day. <laughs> what what a shock. Eddie Gilbert and Peaches. Uh, yeah, the Peaches, wife number four. Yes. Yeah, we're really going to jump into uh, that whole story, uh, which is going to be fun. Uh, the tank, The tank ruins KOB. Uh, he's referring to test of the tank. That's uh, pretty <laughs> hilarious. I mean, at this point, we're practically going to run her out of town. Um, good evening, guys. The book I recently read, The 12 Rules of Life by JP. There's a chapter focusing on the importance of the individual getting their own house in order before attempting to change your city, state, nation, and world policy. Also, Eddie, have been trying to recall the name of an older gentleman you had on the show who was discussing New Mexico in regards to county or local empowerment. I'm not sure that it was related to the governor overthrow. I vaguely recall the episode, but would love it if you would provide any information. What I recall had something to do with a motion being filed in the state secretary or clerk to put this plan into motion, and due to specific wording in our state constitution, it could empower local appointed sheriffs. I don't know, but I'm sure you do. I hope all is well with your family, and you are amazing and appreciated. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, the name is escaping me. I guarantee he's listening right now, and he's the one who brought in all the citizen rule books, and i got to get oh, a refill, oh. and it's time to get him. And uh, Steve, we got to get back Steve over there. I like, I like talking about the uh, the communists at the University of New Oh, Mexico. fascinating stuff. Uh, how are we doing on the impeach Oompa Loompa petition? Um, not as well as we'd like to. So, um, um, this week has been better than last week, um, and we have a person who is a saint walking on earth who is helping me input the data so that we can get this in some sort of manageable form. And uh, he or she knows who they or they or they are, and uh, I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that. Uh, let's talk uh, for a moment about, about Brianna Taylor, this coming from uh, American Renaissance. And I wanted to kind of uh, leave this for you. Did you have a chance to read that letter that we got anonymously yet? Oh, yeah, very interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. do we want to yeah. talk about that? Or uh, maybe tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, I'll save it tomorrow. Uh, the fire to Kentucky officer indicted minor charges, minor charges for, oh, did you see the uh, Packers game? I just happened to do it because my dad's a Packers fan, uh-huh. and it has, uh, I think it was a rest in power, something like about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Breonna Taylor, as he got a sack before the end of the first half. 
It was uh, 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 Green Bay Packers uh, linebacker. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. The fire Kentucky officer indicted on minor charges in the Breonna Taylor case told investigators that the EMT's boyfriend initially claimed that she was one who shot at officers wow. when they entered her apartment. <laughs> 20 hours of audio from the normally secret grand jury proceedings related to the Taylor case were released for the first time on Friday. A week after the grand jury cleared three officers of homicide charges in her death. Among the recordings is Brett Hankison's interview with the investigators in March after the 26-year-old black woman was killed when he and two other white officers opened fire in her Louisville apartment. Hankison specifically told investigators in an interview heard by the grand jury that Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, had told him she was the one who shot at us. Walker <laughs> later said that he was the one who opened fire. One of Taylor's neighbors also told investigators that police had told her that some drug-dealing girl shot an officer. Officers had a no-knock warrant to search Taylor's apartment has been reported for drugs in relation to her ex-boyfriend the night she was killed. No drugs were ever found in her apartment. So there you go. She fires first. The Uh, truth eventually comes out, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't it? Well, I think we should. uh, More of these grand juries, especially when it results in the public destruction of property uh, at taxpayers' expense, should always come out. So in the case of Stephen Baca, I can only hope that... um, that results into uh, copious amounts of testimony from various individuals who were there that day, and uh, we find uh, all about uh, who these people are. Uh, there's going to be a number of people who testify both for and against uh, Stephen Baca who are going to be discredited due to their political motivations Indeed. and uh, their public uh, speakings, I should say, uh, which is going to be most interesting. Uh, on the international side, you can find all this news uh, directly at uh, newsabq.com. Paris closing all the bars uh, amid the spike in the coronavirus among young people. Yep. And uh, the United Kingdom has uh, nearly 16,000 cases uh, unreported. Uh, They said the number of coronavirus cases in the region surrounding Paris had risen to 270 per 100,000 population. Looks like they're going to develop herd immunity out there. Uh, Time to go ahead and book your next summer's trip to Paris. Or or Sweden. (laughs) They (laughs) got it right. He added that 35% of intensive care hospital beds in the region were occupied by COVID-19 patients, and the number was projected to rise to 50%. Meanwhile, in the U.K., Public Health England said 15,841 positive cases between the 25th of September and October 2nd were left out of the daily coronavirus figures for the country. I've been making a lot of posts lately, and I noticed that there's a uh, rise of Islamic terror that's happening uh, right now in Europe. And there's a, a, a movie that I have to go and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you happen to... Uh, I've go heard to, the ads. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Stoning of Soraya M.? No. You've got to watch it. Documentary or... or... Uh, no, it's an actual film, okay. and it's enacted uh, by actors, uh, but it, it, it literally is, as the title says, a woman who doesn't actually commit adultery is stated and forced uh, uh, to stand for adultery that she cheated on her husband, and she didn't. And, ah. well, uh, you get to see all the uh, gruesome details of uh, what a community, including her children, and her husband do, and uh, when she gets stoned to death, and it is primitive, gross, disgusting, and a reality that uh, many Muslim women are living in the uh, in the Middle East uh, with. It's uh, unbelievable. Um, but this is a new movie starring Jim Caviezel. Uh, did I say that right? It's Caviezel. I haven't heard it. In so yeah, long. something similar. I know he was all, he was oftentimes on Laura Ingram when she had her radio show. Oh, really? Yeah, but. Um, it's a it's a new movie is on many levels they say gripping according to this article. Vizio plays a Christian blogger who is kidnapped by Hezbollah cell, uh, headed up by a cheerfully villainous and thoroughly engaging Osan, and taken to Iran. The storyline in itself is remarkable. Infidel, the production of virtually any director besides Cavicio's Christian character, Doug Rawlins would turn out to be stupid, evil, or both. 
while Ramsey, even though while being a Hezbollah kidnapper, would be, de- be de- depicted as wise, noble, or even heroic. Muslims are victims of Islamophobic, racist, redneck American yahoos. That's the general Hollywood narrative. That is not what is happening uh, here in this movie called Infidel. It's a more realistic uh, depiction of what's happening, and it featured in uh, PJ Media, which is one of those uh, websites uh, that we visit uh, each and every day. Now, going back to France, uh, just how bad is it getting? Well, Macron, oh, Emmanuel Macron, <laughs> crackdown on Islamic separatism. Remember, <clears throat> remember the uh, the the uh, massacre, at Charlie Hebdo. Oh yeah. Remember when that happened, oh, and yeah. uh, that was that was brutal. What was that? Five years ago? Yeah. About? Yeah. yeah. Well, on Friday, he outlined measures designed to rein in the influence of radical Islam in the country and helped build what he called a Islam of France compatible with the nation's Republican values. Very interesting. Now, you might remember that they were enabling those neighborhoods that were uh, sort of turned into their own countries. There was no uh, immersion. There is uh, uh, no uh, cross-cultural, uh, for lack of a better word, I apologize, but Paul's colonization that was happening in in all this and uh, now macron because uh, it has gotten so bad has decided to flip it the other way so very uh, interesting uh, you come can find january us. it'll be six years since the charlie six years. shooting thank yeah. you was it february uh january, january 7th, 7th. Yeah. killed 12 god i forgot that that many people died well, killed 12 a, people injured 11 the video of that and i'm surprised there hasn't been a, a documentary Does that, is that curious? That yeah. There hasn't been a documentary? Yeah. Because the people of, just like the, you know, the satanic uh, verses, you know, Salman Rushdie, oh, I mean, yeah, you would be targeted. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it, you know, and anything that would, uh, you know, when I when I talk with the imam, I, I don't know if you ever heard that I uh, had the imam over here at the local, and then he moved on to Denver. Oh, that would have been uh, very interesting. It was. It was very, it was, uh, it, and I interviewed him right after the Charlie Hebdo massacre. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a different time down. I, I hate to break time. it to people in Corrales, but some cultures are different than other cultures, and some, some sometimes those cultures contrast. We, we don't all necessarily want the same things. Some of us believe in the First Amendment. Yeah, and before you decide to go ahead and align us with the uh, horrible massacre that happened in New Zealand, Christchurch, and uh, say that we are sympathizers of that, uh, that, by the way, is the very same type of thing yeah. that we uh, disdain and, and, and push back. No place, no place in a civilized society for any of that. No. And speaking of uh, civilized and uncivilized, and a very important article, which you can track by, and it's actually created uh, by a, a former Albuquerque Police Department officer, or, uh, Albuquerque Police Department officer, Borderland Beat, borderlandbeat.com. Um, Graphic brutalization of the drug world, the Sicarios, it is amazing stuff and stuff that you should be aware of because life goes on. Let me tell you, the people in Mexico, not worried about COVID. The people in... <laughs> Bigger fish me, to fry. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you, you can watch every There's uh, videos and images of uh, dismemberment and uh, you can see them uh, literally right out on cardboard paper and then, you know, they... They they put it out on Twitter and Twitter has the stuff out there. They're they're literally uh, um, blowing their heads off uh, in the video and they're using this as propaganda to scare one another in these turf wars. Um, as uh, you know, we continue to you know push up against uh, that the, the uh, anti-immigration measures and this is one of the reasons why that war is really raging in Mexico. And they're not going to try and do anything because the government can't even take on these guys. Mm-hmm. They're outgunned. They're outpowered, um, man-wise as, as well as uh, through ammunition and other things. And uh, they've got real military power. They're running these cities. And uh, many of these uh, narco traficantes, the guys that are, are trafficking, all, all these stuff, uh, 
uh, Dowd. They're respected like mayors, like officially elected people. All the more reason to end the war on drugs tomorrow. <laughs> I would actually agree with that. Uh, moving to entertainment and sports, more news that you can find uh, directly at newsabq.com. Uh, Regal Cinemas closing all U.S. theaters. Uh, oh, this is from the Santa Fe, boy. New Mexican. Wow. Uh, you guys asked for it. Yep. Uh, I've got to tell you, there was probably no bigger joy for many of you as you were growing up than going to the movies, being at a premiere, uh, you know, waiting 72 hours before Star Wars opened. Whatever you decide to do, uh, movie theaters are going away. The death of movie theaters is imminent at this point. And it will impact many mixed-use developments because oh, yeah. they are a central focus they for drive many people of, to the restaurants yeah. Yeah, yeah well it's a kind of the encapsulates uh the evening or you know in the case of uh you know the the windrock development uh, not windrock uh, coronado the redevelopment that's up there i mm-hmm. mean that's a mm-hmm. fine theater i mean these are places where um you know people go to to get the news released there, there's no um build up anymore and the, the irony is not lost i think on any of you as we continue to support hollywood and try to do things we're literally killing hollywood uh, as it speaks and i'm fine with that i'm fine to take in movies i'm not a big movie guy uh as it is but uh this is pretty sad because this is a pretty large industry that drives uh, a lot of uh, what i think is a cultural connection between us down oh yeah yeah and uh, i think it was gene siskel who said uh, you know tv and he would he, he would he would I can't do this on the radio, but he would look downward like you're sitting on a couch and looking down at your TV. You remember those old big TV sets with the wood on each side, and and he said that's that's television, but movies are this. And he would cock his head up in a, in a kind of a reverential way, like you go to the movies because it's something so much more important than you see on your little screen at home. And uh, is this part of our culture and is this part of our our economy going away? Uh, you know, I don't delight in the the suffering of others uh, who haven't hurt me directly, but you know, Hollywood has been mighty cocky, mighty political for a long time. Maybe they have to really kind of give a long look in the mirror and see where they're going and uh, maybe stop hating their audiences and maybe stop lecturing their audiences and maybe figure out a way how their industry can move forward in light of what's going on here. So maybe kind of a gut check time for them might be overdue, I guess. I think the uh, demagoguery that has been coming from Hollywood is probably the most off-putting part, and oh. whether it's... Uh, you know, the NBA or the athletes, uh, they don't want to hear, they don't want to be preached to. Yeah. You, you go to those field. things to avoid the harshness of politics and paying your taxes and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a refuge for people, and they don't get it. They don't get it, and more and more Americans are walking away. So, uh, by the way, that story, uh, I did not notice that, that it was here. In notes, but it was uh, the Packers player was the Darius Smith. Rest in heaven, Breonna Taylor, uh, was the message that he displayed oh. uh, after the uh, sack. And we've already uh, sort of corrected that story as they have uncovered. But you notice none of the liberal media is reporting on the corrected version. Yeah. And so the uh, probably millions, tens of millions of dollars in destruction uh, in various cities throughout the country because of the death of Breonna Taylor. Uh, nobody will ever have to answer for that because... You know, the fact that she was black and she was killed uh, by police all is all the reason. Yeah, yeah if I forget the Scandalous. Fact. You people, we know about your agenda now. We, I don't cut you any slack anymore. We know what you're about. President Starr uh, on the Walk of Fame uh, got uh, pretty much uh, taken to town. Uh, President Donald Trump battles the Wuhan virus. It turns out a man dressed as the Incredible Hulk used a pickaxe to damage Trump's stars. <laughs> of course. Uh, I think this has happened a few times, has it not? I believe so. Yeah, God, James, why don't they just take it for out for a while? Just, James Otis showed up the Hollywood Walk of Fame around 5 a.m. Pacific time with his costume on, weapon in hand, and apparently he did a film and the whole entire thing. Okay. 
That's that's the America we live in in 2020. Yeah. We also have a story there on Al Micah's Chris Collinsworth and the uh, uh, jab that they are taking uh, at everything. Uh, a lot of business and economy stuff. Again, newsabq.com. Want to direct your attention there. A brand new app uh, uh, coming out uh, as well. Are we really talking about? I mean, the Fed has decided that they're not going to increase rates anytime in the next two to three years. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. And now, and now they now they're demanding a uh, another another coronavirus bailout. I, I I can just see General Zanetti, his head you know exploding right now. <laughs> What's going to happen to this com- uh, this country? <laughs> I mean, the financial calamity that is ahead of us is uh... your government, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Oh, we got a U- University of New Mexico new healthcare system. Uh, uh, not a black woman, uh, by the way. Uh, oh. we, remember we did the whole entire oh, did, yeah. the little skit yeah. on uh, yeah. how it was definitely going to be a black woman who's going to be wow. thinking of it. I wonder if we helped this guy get a job. Hey. Probably did. But he is uh, he's he's a little bit European, a little dorky looking, probably a pretty uh, decent guy. Paul Roth uh, retired last year. Oh, incidentally, over at the uh, one of the reasons to pick up the Albuquerque business first is they have a full and complete list out of the uh, – the doctors or the various uh, people who are involved in healthcare at the University of New Mexico who make over four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, good for them for publishing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's such a I, good I could survive on half that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even a yeah, third. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe something different. I know you wanted to talk about uh, uh, zinc uh, uh, quickly yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You want to relay your information here? No, just interesting minute? stuff. I mean, zinc. Trump has been assigned zinc. Uh, it's good for immune, your immune system, and there's a good thing, uh, if you just Google National Institutes for Health, a good walkthrough of how you can get zinc in your diet. It tends to be like fish, chicken, beef, and my favorite, cashews. Uh, really good for the immune, you know, fighting off things like, oh, I don't know, coronavirus. So uh, we need more zinc, and Donald Trump has taken zinc, and uh, let's all be, be aware. And then, of course, your big uh, column that you have. Oh, yeah, uh, Dowd Muska, D-O-W-D-M-U-S-K-A.com. My column this week is about referenda and initiative and how the left has learned to employ those tools to advance bigger government. Oh, there we go. Dowd, I appreciate you. Uh, uh, audience, we appreciate you listening here. I'm um, glad we avoided the topics of uh, the blue spruce trees. Uh, <laughs> That's tomorrow. Our, our, weed, our weed farms and uh, how to get a, uh, I guess, a trunk out of your backyard. Uh, Hard hitting. Uh, that, yeah, it really is, uh, especially during Getting these, to the uh, core of important. the problems of this state. <laughs> well, we, we, we uh, as liberals have a tendency to hide their liberalism in uh, strange and curious ways. And uh, deflection is, is one way. And uh, complete, you know, cognitive dissonance is, is certainly the other. And this just doesn't... Uh, doesn't fly so make sure you tell all your friends and family keep it locked right here in the kiva every every single day monday through friday four to seven thanks for listening